0: I didn't didn't have that note, Jesse, but that's good.
1: Uh, I told you, man.
0: You got this, man.
1: I'm not just a pretty face, mostly, but not just.
0: People love you for your brain, Jesse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Learnings and Missteps podcast, where we intend to change the image of careers in the trades. We celebrate the real men and women who have built careers in the construction industry by bringing their personal stories straight to you. I began my career as a plumber's apprentice in the late 1900s. Over the last 26 years, I've had the fortune of meeting some of the most resilient, intelligent, and inspiring people who happen to be construction workers. My career path as a plumber has provided me with experiences and opportunities I thought were inaccessible. And I want you to know that the trades are a place where dreams can come true. These stories are brought to you by three brothers who share a mother. I am Jesse, your host. Our in-house writer is Ernest, a.k.a. La Voz. Hello. And our co-host, Renee. What's up? Y'all ready? Yes, sir. Dale. What's going on, Ellen and family? We got a sub-series for you. It's a little collaboration between myself and Felipe Engineer Manriquez. He's the host of the EBFC show, and we're going to be reviewing, mostly jabbing our jaws and joking around and and philosophizing around lean and the application of last planner system in the construction industry. And we're using the Lean Builder book as our backdrop. You're going to get to hear two sides of the story, right? The, The perspective of the general contractor and the perspective of me as the trade partner. And through the dialogue between Felipe and I, there's going to be some some real easy things that you can use in applying the system. The motivation behind deviating from our typical material was because I want to help you make your day suck less. These things may help you, especially for those of you that are out in the construction industry. Those of you that aren't in the construction industry, there's a ton of stuff kind of behind or underneath what Felipe and I are talking about. That you can absolutely apply in your day to day, and if you want to talk about it, I'm happy to fill you in and give you all the juicy details for the purposes of making your day suck less. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Those of you that are interested in some exclusive content, early access to our episodes, and and supporting the mission, we set up a Patreon account for y'all to contribute even more than you have so far. We've got four different levels. Any level that you sign up for will get you special recognition on the video version of these podcast episodes that we're now releasing on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, baby. Watch out. We'd love to be able to share your name and let everybody else out there know that, that you're behind us. So You can find each of the four levels to sign up and contribute at patreon.com slash learnings and missteps. Uh, we love you guys. And here we go.
0: why in the world are two podcasters reviewing a book? I thought podcasters just talk with their mouth. Give a little shout out to Joe and Keon. Mm -hmm. So here I've got the book. I I will throw a link back to the website so people can start because they've got on their blog, like how to do a daily huddle. They have a really good blog article.
1: Yes, they have quite a few great articles. So what I was focused on was my biased perspective as a tradesman. Yes, I'm a lean addict. Confirmed the rumors are true (laughs) but i am a tradesman first so i wanted to put my head in that space and as i was reading it think of it from that perspective and it's it's just straight up having flashbacks of like the very first project i was on right the very first project i was on where the, the the gc said we're gonna do last planner and i said oh man this is awesome because i've been learning it yeah and we spent Nine hours in the trailer, putting sticky notes up on the wall, (laughs) the whole entire project, and then came back the next day, and all the stickies were rearranged to match
0: that CPM schedule. uh... My God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, GC couldn't help himself. Had to turn back that push schedule. Mm -hmm. We both got our caffeine. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. You know it. This is so overdue, man, you and I have to be on the show together.
1: I want to build the, you know, the credibility and the trust with the listeners first that this is straight up construction and we want to celebrate right. the people that do the work. Amen to that brother.
0: We do boom. not have enough of that. There is not too much. of that. No one is saying too much, acknowledging the people that actually build the buildings, Right. you're crossing the line and you're giving people too much love that has yeah. not happened yet. We're right. so far away from that.
1: All right, so introduction, I need to introduce myself,
0: right? That's the theory, man.
1: <sighs>
0: I know it's hard to believe that people don't know you, Jesse, but right. for the people right. that don't know you, who are you?
1: Well, my name is Jesus D. Hernandez, What like. in, also known as Jesse. I am an advocate for the trades, for careers in the trades. I, uh, I'm a lean enthusiast. And I'm I'm freaking super excited to be doing this with you, Felipe. I mean, you got some real street cred out there in the industry. And for mm-hmm. us to do this together is, it's a special treat. How about you, Felipe?
0: So I'd be the host of the EBFC show coming at you live from an undisclosed location in beautiful California. My name, my full name is Felipe Engineer Menriquez. For those of you who don't know, engineer is not my title. So stop thinking about it. It's my name. <laughs> How did I get that name? It involved my daddy, like so many other people. So that's a long story, not for this show. What do I do? I am uh, in charge of the strategy and tactics for Lean across a large general contract organization here in the United States, McCarthy Building Companies by day. And by night, I'm a YouTuber. In your face, Noah. That mm. was my son. So I'm like, <laughs> just like ah, every chance I get.
1: competition.
0: Not a good YouTuber. It took me from July to now to get... You know, one subscriber. Oh come on. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, I practice uh lean construction experiments all over the United States and abroad, helping people around planet Earth yeah. have not found a place yet where lean cannot benefit and help the people working. So I'm looking for it. And uh, also I love Scrum. Hello. Shout out to uh the Scrum Framework. And uh if you want to know more about me, I'm pretty pretty transparent all my social media places so hit me up on you know in these places and jesse and i are going to encourage questions to come and we're going to answer all of the questions because that's just how we roll right jesse tenfold did right. i leave anything out jesse because yes, I mean, you, yes, you know you me did. you've known me yes. for a while what am i leaving out
1: you're leaving out the almost invisible thread of lean or maybe um continuous improvement or even better improving the work for the worker that that goes through scrum right it goes oh i'm so glad you brought that
0: up so let me let me show you this newest thing i got jesse it's called snaps effects okay so the big two things that you want to do when you're dealing with you know where are you going to start with lean so in in myself it's on my shirt too but since you can't see it i use my i use my snaps effects to bring it front and center In order for you to do any of the things that we're going to talk about today, you have to honor the individual, the people, the person. And respect for people starts with yourself. And then, because you're doing that, you will start to naturally extend it to other people you're working with. People in the supply chain, people on your team, people in the trailer, people in the project, people in the office, people in the business unit, people in the organization, people on planet Earth. People, we're in a spaceship with no top. The top is wide open. And we're hurtling around the sun let's be well to each other yes. we're all in the, the same place galaxy and then the other part you need or maybe it happens to you one of my mentors told me so ideas like this are more caught than taught we're good. continuous we're good. improvement is the thing that you want to do as we're seeking perfection can i get better yes can i improve being bad yes You can improve anything, so be mindful of what you're choosing to improve, and those two together really set the foundation for how to do lean things, have a lean mindset, be a a better partner, so glad you asked, Jesse. Let me turn that, let me snap that back off. There, now you don't have to look in on my shirt now.
1: You got some serious sorcery over there, big dog. So you run your own podcast. I'm following in your footsteps, and how did how did the two of us podcaster leaners? Are you a non denominational lean practitioner?
0: I'm a Unitarian Church lean practitioner. Okay, okay. Everybody's welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what brought us together?
0: Oh, that's. I think uh, the first time we got together, I was invited by. A, he didn't know it yet, but a mutual friend, Sean, Ooh. invited me to come do a talk in San Antonio. I think we were in San Antonio. Yeah, we were. We were in San Antonio, and I was doing a little two-hour, oh, half-day uh, how to do Scrum. Yep. So it was a half-day introduction to Scrum through the Lean Construction Institute Committee of Practice. Shout out San Antonio COP.
1: Do time in the house. Uh,
0: and that's one, at the time, you were still working for a trade partner at the Correct. time that I met you. You were just in transition. You were like, you had that... <laughs> you had that smell that you were start to get that GC on you. Yep, and uh, yep. then you made that you were making the shift and you saw me never lose an ounce of energy yep. for what was that? Was it four hours or was yeah, it? I, a,
1: I don't think it was a full day. It was probably a half day session.
0: I mean, I could go to enough.
1: earth burger after the session. So it was oh, a morning.
0: Yep. shout out to earth burger, San Antonio delicious. And then we bounced around and we've seen each other at a bunch of lean construction institute events and, I think uh, I noticed you are probably already knew something about Scrum. So you were, you know, head of the class for sure. You are answering all my questions correctly and you had good enthusiasm and curiosity.
1: So now here we are, the host of the EBFC show and the host of Learnings and Missteps podcast. So We're going to talk about a book that really breaks through all the complexity that some of those damn lean guys out there and ladies. Yep add to the practice of the last planner system specifically, and, and I'll say it again, just in case anybody missed it. It's not that damn hard and it can be as simple as we allow it to be. And this book does like a phenomenal job of depicting that. What do you think?
0: Oh, I definitely agree. So yeah, the the book, like it starts off like a Disney movie in case you don't know. In the prologue, people get killed off Yes. right away in the yes. prologue and i just wanted to so say you're,
1: you're attached it. And you got a relationship
0: now and i was just sam. like no it's like andrew no so yeah they they started off like a good disney story where you know luckily they didn't kill the the mother or the father this time they killed so it's a fictional story that tells interweaves like the journey of you know two main characters sam and alan and already I had Joe on my podcast and the podcast is out. And I told uh, Joe that it didn't escape me that Alan's last name is a version of my first name. Uh. So I feel connected to Alan. <laughs> <laughs> no. But you're totally right, Jesse. There are a lot of people. And like you were describing, you know, we we're talking at the beginning of the show. When you first learned Last Planner, a lot of people try to do this like nine hour. And I, I know people alive today, Jesse. Today. It's mm-hmm. 2021. Yes. And they think, they believe that you need two days in the classroom before you can go do Last Planner System. And I completely disagree. 10-4? So, but it depends on who your facilitator and your champion are. I think there are probably some individuals that it takes a couple of days to get onboarded. But I think if you've got a good qualified person or you've read – you know, this black, we'll call this the black book, the lean builder. I think if, if someone goes through that, I would a hundred percent already say it right now. Encourage people to try every single chapter, whatever's in the chapter, try that. It's going to work. After you read the chapter. Yeah. After you read the right? chapter. Don't yeah. go,
1: don't, don't. You don't need to study and and pontificate yeah. and uh, analyze. Go practice whatever the hell you get out of the first chapter the first right. time
0: you read it. And Jesse, we, we probably, we're going to. Uh-oh can you still hear me jesse yes you did the little uh uh-oh and i was like yeah you just froze up real quick oh that's because it's microsoft teams Ah. i can't say enough bad things about teams for (laughs) for recording videos just so you know i've never had (laughs) okay
1: yeah, yeah. This is the maybe, first time I've had this many glitches. I maybe your it.
0: teams has never had so much of this coming through oh, the screen that it can't even control it. And contain that's it.
1: That's what it is. It's the aura emanating from the I'm gonna you, just blast. I'm blasting
0: through. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> you know what? I gotta admit, it's not just you. It's me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. You do have you have quite the essence there. We got like to keep the, we gotta keep the show G-rated for, you know, in case Renee listens to the show, I don't want him to have, you know, nightmares about right. <laughs> his big brother and what's going on. So you mentioned Joe. Joe Donnarummo is yes. the author. Yep. Good friend of mine. He was, and I met Joe at, uh, at Congress. He was the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas LCI Congress 2019 chair. Yep. And I was telling, I, I think I said it on the show, like, Joe, I didn't even know that you were an author until the last day. Joe and I were sitting, we were sitting yep. next to each other and we we're about to do a debrief. And I looked in my, my gift bag and I was like, what? I was like, is this you, Joe? And Joe's <laughs> like, yeah, I wrote that book. I was like, you wrote a book? What were you yeah. going to tell me? I was like, we've been on these calls for like yep. a year. Yep. And I don't remember. I must've missed the, you know, any call where he ever mentioned that he wrote a book. He didn't mention it. Cause I was, never,
1: that's when I met the two of you. Cause I was, uh. Well, you probably don't remember us because I was a horrible committee member. Oh, um, you were on that committee too? I was on part of the planning committee. And that's when I first saw, I saw you doing Scrum, using Trello to to manage the the, the development and the planning of that
0: else. Serve the team. To serve. Oh, thank so, you, Justin.
1: Excuse me. Excuse me, wizard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to serve the team, to serve the development. I don't manage
0: anything. I serve. <laughs> serve and lead. Those are the yes. things I do. Manage is not for me.
1: I'm with you, man. I was there. I I attended a bunch of a bunch of the meetings. I did a little bit of work, but not one time did was it. Did he ever say, hey, I'm working on publishing a book? Right. Uh, none of that until of until the gift bag came out. Then it was like, wow, this dude wrote a book. And yeah. I, you know, I remember thinking like I, I know that there was um, a time crunch for him to get it published to Mm -hmm. be released at that congress at that lci congress and he never gave any indication that that it was a problem no super humble super humble, and and produced an amazing product for a lot of people
0: so should we dig into the book let's do it baby now that we've set the stage yeah i've got my little notes here i'll just hold up my little notes so people can just can see for a second that i i kind of wrote in there and i got handwriting all over that bad boy sorry oh. joe i wrote all over your book oh you know, wait it's my book so i can do what i want
1: well you know what's awesome when i was in school back in high school and middle school i would get in trouble all the time for writing in books and now i'd like get props for it
0: for the kids that are listening to this it shouldn't be disobey and write in your books you'll turn out to be just like jesse
1: no, oh, watch out. <laughs> the kids may like that. The parents may not.
0: <laughs> yeah. I say you kick it off, Jesse, because you got the fancy red headphones. And I just want to give a shout out before we start. Some of the things that people might not know is that the Joe is a co-author. Keon is the other author. And the two of them together, they wanted to provide, like Jesse was saying, an easily understood lean construction resource for everybody, especially leaders in the field. So specifically, Joe is a superintendent. Keon is uh, an executive executive leader. Sorry, Keon, I don't remember your exact title. We'll, have to, we'll title you out in the show notes. Well, he's uh, an
1: author for sure.
0: He's an author. I mean, we know. Fact, guaranteed. <laughs> I can see his name on the book. He's either the CEO, the COO. He's a C executive suite, and he's got a great beard. And they they wrote this because, like Jesse, like you were saying, some of the people like really make this stuff complicated, and there's not a good field-focused resource out there.
1: Chapter 1. All right, so I'm going to show you the depths of my philosophical eye.
0: Yeah, and please. So
1: they're in the very first page. They're talking about, you know, the size of the project and and the relationship it has to Sam and his new job and like mm-hmm. all of this build up. And for me, you know, what I'm getting out of that is this thing that we do will attach our sense of self or our ego to all of these external things. And in many cases, that can be problematic. Right. And as a as a former plumber, trade partner, it comes across quite often when the general contractors team members, whomever they are, you know, whatever level they're playing at, that they have this attachment to something that keeps them from interacting in a vulnerable way.
0: Yes. That's, that's what do you a fact. Think about that? Yeah, that that opening intro. You're totally right. You jumped over. I want to just go back to the first paragraph, only just to note that I underlined with the super thick, you know, seven underline marks Ooh. that he's drinking coffee. <laughs> you didn't accept that one, did you, Jesse? And yeah, I was like, no. I was like, something's probably wrong that he's taking a long swig of coffee, you know, right to to get it started. I mean, hypocrite alert. I'm drinking a long squig- swig of coffee right now. <laughs> and so it just says a lot about the, you know, the health and the state of mind and, and you got to get caffeinated. I was going to go a little bit deep on you too, Jesse. I'm glad Hello. you went there first. And then you're totally right. when we talk about the things that we're on, especially uh, I've been to a lot of project team engagements and how people introduce themselves either enables that connection or it prevents vulnerability, like you said. And I, I think, times out of 10 it's let's prevent that connection i'll even tell people when we're doing introductions don't say your title just give us your first name and your main responsibility just so people can know like you know what are they in charge of or what are they what are they trying to achieve like if i hear what your responsibility is that's way more important and meaningful for me and the rest of the team than to hear you have a title and there, there are times where I go a week and don't even say what my title is. Yep. Hardly because it's obnoxiously weird. Yes, I'm with
1: you. <laughs> right? I, I'm right there. Not, not, I'm not with you in that your title is obnoxiously weird. Oh, I thought you were. I was like... No, no, but mine as well, right? Like, yeah. my title's my title. It's something in in the bureaucracy of, of payroll and, and companies. Right. But it doesn't define me. It does a no. poor job of explaining... Or, the, or, or highlighting that I'm actually a human being, just like everybody else. They're Fact. Human.
0: Fact. Like, I'm looking at this paragraph not only you mentioned the second paragraph. hmm And the word superintendent and senior superintendent, like, even in a single paragraph, we have hierarchy here. That is fascinating, Jesse. Man, you, yes. are, you are special. Watch out, baby. Watch yeah. out.
1: But it's in there, right? We carry yeah. that with us. Uh, and just
0: so people to, to know, like, you're paying attention at home and you're going to read or not read the book. So we've got Sam is the hero of this story he's the young brand new fresh superintendent recently promoted uh from a soup to soup but he he's spent some time read the prologue to hear why and how he got promoted there we won't give the prologue away joe so you won't no. give to all of it away oh we forgot to do the spoiler alert jesse we're going to probably spoil the plot of the book <laughs> Probably, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And then uh, Alan Felipe, or Alan Phillips, as they say in these pages, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the uh, the senior superintendent at the same company, and and
1: Sam's mentor. So here, here I am again, being very sensitive again as a trade partner. And, you know, as I was reading through the next page and that first paragraph, the sense I got that the book was building up and highlighting the stresses of Sam that that Sam is experiencing. And the feeling I got was, well, that's sweet. But he ain't the only one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm the plumbing foreman. Right? You know, at one point yeah. in my career, I was Who the, the superintendent form? for the sheet metal crew, plumbing crew, and piping crew. And you know what? I was drinking yeah. black coffee, too. And I was like, damn it, I got, we got stuff to deal with. But my point is that that sentiment, that experience, that feeling, is not synonymous to the superintendent for the general contractor. Mm-hmm. Every team member experiences that in some degree, and we have to take that into account in order to be able to connect with each other on a human level.
0: Yeah, we're all in it together. Yep. If we're all on this project working together, the pain that leadership feels will be felt by all leaders, Yes, and that does trickle around and permeate through to totally. the whole team. Do you, you feel you go into jobs and you travel to jobs. I've seen you in airports. We've bumped yes, into sir. each other at different airports. Yeah, we have. <laughs> crossing the country. Yes. Um, You walk into a team meeting, a huddle, or just walk in the site and you can feel the energy of the site if it's, if they're doing Absolutely. well or not. Have you ever walked
1: onto into a trailer and felt like, oh my God, there's some brujeria going on in here. This, yes. this trailer's possessed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It happened to me on a job where we actually got, you know, we went through some issues that required additional corporate support. (laughs) I'll just say Ah, that. And then the trailer had a certain type of carpet. It had this like, like jungle, stripe, zebra, brown carpet. And then I go to my next job. I was like, oh, thank God that job's over. The very next job, they brought back the same trailers. And I was like, no. This, these trailers have the bad juju bee juice on them. We got to get rid of that. And then that job was a challenge. And I was like, it's probably that carpet. So what'd you get from from the next? So yeah, the next and the next section of chapter one. You know, they set the tone, they set the stage, and then they're talking about the client. the The GC here is called Procon Builders, and the client it's a healthcare system building that's got multiple phases. And if they if they're already setting it up like if they do well here. They'll keep getting more phases at work, which is
1: the—that's the just
0: a carrot. Yes, you said carrot almost at the same time as <laughs> they dangle that carrot. And so, clients—if clients are listening or reading this book—we uh, know we're on to you. We know you all go to the same client school, and you tell us that you don't have enough money, and you want your building yesterday. Roger that. We got that. Yep, so but I the mean. thing that really jumped out is that the CEO of Pro Builders lives so close to the site that he drives past the site multiple times a day, yep. which is hilarious. And, 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 and this is the classic thing, Jesse, as I don't know, I don't know how you experience this on your side, but as a, a recovering general contractor, I've been <laughs> in a couple of GC companies, so I can say that with honesty yep. as a recovering general contractor, oftentimes on projects when there are a few trades in the beginning, typically earthwork, uh, concrete for foundations, maybe some civil. So usually just a couple of handful of trades. We waste time or lose time when we're in the honeymoon phase of the job. And then by the time the the rest of the, the main body of trades come on, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire suppression, framing, other finishes, we've lost time when we were in the honeymoon stage when everything felt great. And now we're telling people that just showed up on day one, like, hey, you gotta make up time. Yep. And so right out the gate, this is just like a classic story. Yes. And you yes. you should see me, Jesse, like every new job when it's just a couple of trades, I'm always like fighting like a maniac to lose no time in the beginning. Cause I'm thinking yes. about, you know, the 45 trade partners coming behind. And when I say 45 trade partners, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about 45 companies coming behind. We can't get lax in the beginning. Never. You got to hold, but, but Sam being the young charge. I'm getting all fired up, Jesse, because, Sam, you made the classic superintendent mistake. And you think that you can just make up time at the expense of other people that had nothing to do with losing that time. (laughs) They had nothing to do with it. And you're going to sit there in the meeting and tell these people, like, you need to make up these two weeks. Oh, we had weather impacts. You need to make up the weather impacts. All right, Jesse, I'm going to take a breath. Come back down to calm. Sam just doesn't know yet.
1: It's okay. Because that creates the need to learn or the need for change because we're not going to change if our current experience is comfortable. We will only change when our current experience sucks so much (laughs) that we're willing to experience the pain of change.
0: And I think the other funny thing is here, and we're still on just the same page. I told you, Jesse, we're going to talk more about this than it took to read it. The phrasing here, when they're mentioning the schedule being off Sam doesn't use any type of ownership language about the schedule. Thank you. Oh thank God. you. See, man, we're on the same page. Thank man. you. He's like the project schedule's off. And I, I got other there's many every time I saw blame happening in chapter mm-hmm. one, I wrote down blame in the margin. It shows up quite a bit. There's a lot of blame I being thrown around. But there's no I don't see responsibility being taken until you know we get introduced later to to Alan. Yes. In well, the and, in the and coaching that's from mechanism.
1: Everybody. Right. Right. Uh, that includes Bobby McRae, Hank Hansen, all yep. of Tom them Tom Morietti. Everybody. It's the um it's the classic they yep. did it, right? Everything pointing the fingers at at one another. And
0: the people that really did it, Mother Nature, not there to right. get pointed the finger at because they right. had some weather. I'll acknowledge you had some weather, but yep. you had earthwork. Why'd you lay back when earthwork was going on? Mm-hmm. You should get on the edge of your chair or even better stand up. I'm standing up right now, Jesse.
1: Mm-hmm. so I can do this. Yeah, I'm
0: on my feet, man, because I just cannot be contained in a chair right now, and this is so typical of what we see that I almost feel like we should go to, we should go to school, Jesse, and see maybe we sit in in a classroom, like a CM class. Mm-hmm. and like when does this get taught at school? because it comes out so consistently it must be taught at school.
1: This is how to do it. Go yeah. ahead and chill out at the beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: ouch, ouch. Okay. Well, you know, and on the same line of thinking. So you you go ahead and meditate for a few seconds. I had a similar experience, right? Like, wait a minute. I didn't make it rain. And I didn't force you to let things slide. But now you're telling me we're three weeks behind and it's up to me and my team. To get you back on pace but you're not treating me like the solution you're treating me like i am the barricade between you and uh, us right back then and back in the day there was no us
0: uh, it's us versus you
1: correct and so it was like all right well you know we lost three weeks the schedule's behind and you need to make it up what are you gonna do it was like dude um I'm going to do what's in my contract. Like, uh, was it in your contract to get me in here late? (laughs) Because you did a great (laughs) job at it. Thank you. (laughs) Now, as you said, uh, you're a recovering general contractor.
0: Yeah, I'm still recovering.
1: I'm trying to reflect and go back and take on the character or the mindset that I practiced back then, right? Before before I was exposed to lean and last planner system and like respecting people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really good at that. Girl, I'll We're take you lucky. I'll
0: take you back there. Jesse, I'm going to issue you a delay letter for uh, being late. It's a notice of potential issue letter. I'm mm-hmm. basically putting you and your company on blast. Yes. That you, you caused this delay somehow, some way, per our subcontract agreement. Mm-hmm. You delayed the job, just yeah. FYI. Are you back now? Did I bring you back Yeah, in yeah, time?
1: I'm back. Like, you know what? You're going to send that. Go ahead and send it to my mom too. She's <laughs> probably going to care more about it than I do. <laughs> how about I'm that,
0: How's that i'm sorry for laughing like so instantaneously <laughs> i didn't know that your mama was going to be part of this conversation oh yeah
1: awesome. yeah that was my typical tip, who do i need to call call my mom i don't give a shit
0: yeah this situation
1: i'm here to help you but if you want to treat me like the problem i'm gonna go ahead and act like it mm. people loved me felipe can
0: that's you a do good approach that? man i like that <laughs>
1: sorry people are gonna say that guy's i thought he was a lean guy he sounded like a jerk
0: Yes, yes. The best lean guys are recovering jerks. The only thing that I would call shenanigans on where they really, where they took, they went so far in the story that I thought not even possible. So here, here it is. You're not going to even, you're not going to even guess. Like what's, Mm. of all the stuff you heard, all believable so far. Yes. One thing, Joe and Keon, that I'm just going to call BS on. So the team knows they're behind schedule because Sam has been pushing schedules at them. Mm-hmm. And even though they're behind schedule and they're having these talkings to with people, good old Roberto from B and B electric shout out to my electric, electrical brothers brings donuts to the whole team. Uh, we, have a, we have a trade partner bringing donuts to a team that's behind schedule. Don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where now I have seen many times where teams have shifted to using last planner system. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the trade partners do actually buy even croissants. They'll even go all the way to croissant. They'll jump yeah. right over a donut. Yes. And if you're really lucky, depending on where you are in the country, they'll get a cronut, mm. which is really tasty. But you, Jesse, you and I should not be eating cronuts. Just FYI. Ah, oh, no, no. I ran.
1: I got my run in this morning, and I need to practice discipline. So. Well, look, I have a habit of jumping too far, so you—you. You, I'll pull you back
0: have, if you jump too far. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll drag you back.
1: Yeah, and so that's another exhibit—exhibit um, exhibit A, of my trade partner, former trade partner mentality. If I saw open ground, concrete slash as soon as they took down reshoring, yeah, I flooded the job with pipe and duct. <laughs> before it needed to be there yeah so i i will bet we will benefit from you yet like wait back back it up back it, yeah, up back it up
0: just because this area is open does not mean that i've green tagged it for you to get in there jesse and i know you look at all these see all these pages in the book ladies and gentlemen that's fertile ground that jesse thinks he could jump right to and i'm going to pull him back to the the page we're on
1: i <laughs> back to come back to reality jess
0: <laughs> i do the same and, I, and sometimes jesse i go too far back like i might go back to the prologue a couple times uh-huh. if i feel like we're having too much happiness i'll just remind everybody that andrew's dead
1: andrew's dead he's <laughs> gone yeah let's think like, we got
0: to keep it real don't forget andrew's gone andrew so- was alan's Al son for those of you that that didn't aren't going to read the book just so you know who it's like you're just wondering like who is this guy he was best friends with sam Yes, they growing up, the they military. graduated
1: school together. They right. joined the military together, and then you and know, real life happened. You know what? I think people are going to say, "Man, this book sounds
0: interesting." <laughs> it is. That's why we <laughs> study. It, it is. It is fight. interesting. It's very affordable too. So, oh, I mean, so. I got it for free. I just had to go to a conference and pay over a grand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next space that pulled my attention—it's on what page twelve, second paragraph or first. Folder. Oh, we're,
0: we're right together, man. That's where I'm at too.
1: The sentence says Sam tried to keep them engaged, but it seemed like the foreman either didn't want to speak up or only wanted to gripe about problems without offering any solutions. And so automatically I have a problem with the connection of problems and solutions, but that's, that's, that's another book. This thing triggered within me was, would you even freaking listen Right. I'm thinking I'm the Mm. plumbing foreman in in the trailer and we got issues. Would you even listen? Too many times I've brought situations up and Mm. I'm just saying, Hey, Felipe, you know, there's this issue down. uh, The manhole hasn't been installed and I need to make sure that 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 entry point is exactly as the drawings show. I don't even get to finish. Right. Like, because I'm going to say, if it isn't what I can do is X Y Z. But before I get to that, what do I get? I don't need your problems. I need solutions.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: well, if you <laughs> shut your damn mouth, you might hear
0: damn.
1: it. <laughs> damn. Sorry, sorry.
0: No, it's so good, and it's I'll like, and I'm, I'm as you were talking that, I was like, I was flashing with you to that situation. I'm thinking you're talking to the superintendent of a site. And they've already told you probably every day, 10 times a day, I'm the superintendent. This is my site. I'm the superintendent. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they leading and making enabling your work?
1: Oh, flashback. Yeah. You know what my, my favorite accusation was? I'd have a general contractor come up to me or a member of the general contractor team and say, you know what the problem is here? Problem is leadership. <laughs> And I would smile and say, "I agree a hundred percent." So, in case in case the listeners didn't get yeah. it, it, the is supposed to be the leader.
0: <laughs> but they're accusing you of not leading.
1: I'm not leading. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that.
0: And I, I I can't think of a time where I've been on a site, and I've been on sites for over 20 years. So I'm old and crusty. I don't. I can't think of a time where I ever felt like a trade partner or back in the day when I go back to the old days where a subcontractor was not effectively leading their crews. I never saw crews in a, at a company running over each other or hurting each other. And I, and I know I have got some friends that work in the trades and they tell me these amazing stories about intertrade competition. Like among a single company, there'll be crews engaging in you no know, non-ideal tactics with each other. Yep. But I've, I've just not seen it yet. Right, so I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't seen it. But that that leadership problem, Jesse, is definitely have heard it said by many a GC.
1: Now, I will say, the industry has come a long way uh, in terms of leadership capability. I, I can remember back when '95, first job site I walked on, and it was cussing, screaming, threats, hard hats throwing, like it was a contentious environment, and it has evolved quite a bit. So, well, I'll
0: fast forward you a decade when I was on the site, middle 2000s, tables being thrown, hard hats being thrown still. Yes. So it depends where you are. Yeah. So maybe where you were, it evolved yes. a little faster where I was. It was still a decade behind you. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to show here was that uh, he's basically going over this and then complaining about the trade partner Foreman. He just drug everybody through an hour and a half freaking meeting. Yes. An hour and a half, and, and he's complaining like, about t- production. Complaining about production, trying to cajole people into just doing what? What are the number? What's the number one tool a superintendent goes to when they're behind schedule, Jesse? Supplement your manpower. Supplement your manpower, Jesse. You go to the, the head of the class. Yeah. <laughs> Get more bodies here. Oh, you're just behind because you don't have enough people. Let's just jump over the fact that there's no flow on the site. Yes. Let's jump over the fact that nothing's ready as you've scheduled it on your beautiful tricolor Gantt chart that says that I'm supposed to, this is critical. If this is critical, why can't I just get it? Why can't I get at it?
1: And it's add more people and do more waste faster.
0: Yeah. It's like not explaining to young Jesse, the Mm -hmm. plumber, Mm -hmm. why he shouldn't just put all that pipe up in this area. (laughs) just right. because it looks open and available. That's yes. anti-flow. Absolutely.
1: So what was the next area that caught me? The, next, the
0: thing that caught me next is after the meeting's over, so he's just been in a meeting for an hour and a half mm-hmm. with all of the trades running this uh, MOB. I think it's an MOB, right, Jesse? Yes. Medical office building. And not even being out of the meeting for half an hour, his phone's blown up.
1: Oh, God, yes. Now,
0: I've been with a lot of superintendents over the years. That's one of the That's one of the things that I look at when I'm with them. How many times does their phone ring during the course of being together? And I find that the more it rings, the more behind schedule they are. There's a correlation there, yeah, <laughs> right? Sure. The less it rings, the more ahead or on schedule they are. It's a nice touch, Joe. I see what you're doing there.
1: Oh, yeah. So they did a good job of presenting that dynamic. I'm like, right. man, we just had a damn meeting. We just talked about it, which is likely he did most of the talking. Absolutely. and then all the questions come after that.
0: <laughs> yep, because right. people didn't have a chance to speak up. Right, he they got lectured for an hour and a half is more likely what had happened. Correct. And Correct. then the the next interesting thing on the just the bottom paragraph of this page, when they mentioned that Alan his, was uh, like a father figure to him, but his mentor, a senior superintendent of the same company. Um, what jumped out at me is that he's been doing it for thirty two years. So you got a you got a brand new kid. We'll just call him a kid. He's a man, yep. but he's like a kid. And then you got somebody 32 years, not 32 years older, 32 years of building experience, mm-hmm. like working for three over three decades. And that's the industry we have today, ladies and gentlemen. When, when Jesse and I first got into this business, we didn't have that gigantic spread. Right, Jesse? Right. And today in the 2020s, we do have now multiple generations. I think Joe even said on the interview with him on my show. A Shameless plug, the EBFC show, Joe Domaruno, check it out. Joe said we have five generations working on project sites all over the U.S. and abroad. Mm -hmm. The same is happening in other parts of the world as well. What jumped out at you?
1: What I appreciated about that transition was that Sam was open to receiving a different idea. Now, in this case, it's a very personal relationship. Alan was homeboy's dad, and they grew up together. And and so there was that natural nurturing connection. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, Sam was open to say, Man, today is whooping my butt. And then Alan says, Ah, tell me more. He starts doing the ninja lean practices of, (laughs) What's what? Tell me what's going on. What happened? And it was a beautiful transition into the mentor mentee or coach learner relationship that it's not explicitly called out
0: super subtle
1: very smooth but critically important and i think for the reader i guess my recommendation would be you don't have to wait till it sucks um it doesn't have to be somebody you grew up with there are people out there that have some tools and experience in applying the tools that are happy to help you, and I'm pretty sure Felipe is one of those, and I know I'm one of those. I, Absolutely. I, so, so reach out and and get some help.
0: No, I was on a site too, where I was riding. I was doing a ride along with a retiring superintendent who's gonna. I found out he's retiring this year, ah. and his nickname is uh, Peewee. Peewee. Shot, much love to you, Peewee. Peewee's got an amazing YouTube channel that kicks my kicks mine down. Oh. <laughs> like Peewee's got to figure it out. He's got a lot of cool toys, uh, but right. I told Wee, I said, we're doing this ride along. And he's like, what, what are we doing? What's the purpose of why you want to ride with me? And I said, Wee, I'm just watching the ho- things that you've set up. I know that you know something, mm. you know, something and you've had experiences that I don't know. Yes. And for as much experience and expertise as the crew has attributed to me, there are things that, that, you know, from hands on that the only way I'm going to get it is if you you know, drop that knowledge on me or put me through the experiences. So that's what the purpose of this ride along is. I'm trying to soak up anything that you want to give. That was one of the best experiences I had. I mean, we hung out for a day. He took me, he did things in the Ford Escape that I thought a Ford Escape could never do. (laughs) (laughs) Go off road. Yeah, if you don't ask, you know, and a lot of projects, Jesse, have people like that and they just never get asked by people on the team. Like young especially younger people that have been trained and told like okay you're in this role now and they think you just got it and right. Sam was the same way in the book Sam's like I'm the I'm the superintendent now I got this mm-hmm. and it's like no sometimes you don't got this like no. there's some days that I don't got this yeah sometimes I gotta call I gotta call up and down the chain or horizontally and get uh, some more perspective that happens but you're right in that in that section where they're transitioning and people probably missed it, Alan never here, where he's just finding out what's happening, he never gives Sam advice. right. Not right here. Yeah, as a lean, goody good, that's the number one mistake to turn people off. Mm-hmm. Someone comes to you with a problem, and they're still in the middle of telling you what the problem is, and you jump in with the "You should do this, you just failed dun, dun,
1: dun. yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give it to you. Come on, give it to me.
0: Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Violation. yeah I didn't didn't have that note, Jesse, but that's good. Uh, I told you, man. You got this, man. I'm not just a
1: pretty face, Philly. Mostly, but not just.
0: People love you for your brain, Jesse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So on page 15, so I'm probably skipping a little bit.
0: That's okay. All all we skipped in those two pages was food. So it's good that we're skipping that right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're talking
1: about chorizo and egg, uh, bean and cheese. Uh, So edit recommendation in the book, it says being with cheese. The appropriate language is being
0: and cheese. That'll be for the updated edition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I won't charge for that. That one's free. Uh, (laughs) Towards the bottom of page 15. Again, he's, he's uh, Sam's talking to Alan, right? He's like, well, the Mm -hmm. guy's been complaining that they need some rip rap because of the weather. It's going to rain. They're, trucks are getting stuck in the mud and the word complaining again hair on the back of my neck stood up i think we have a choice to receive information and the trade partners are surfacing a problem and we need to celebrate that yes but sam's still early in his journey so he's not celebrating it he's receiving it as a complaint the reason the hair on the back of my neck stood up is it reminded me of a project. I was, I was on a few projects, right?
0: Yeah, And, at least two. and,
1: and I took over this project for whoever was leading it. We were having issues and they wanted somebody else. And so they said, Jesse, go, I guess, you know, poor, poor GC. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I had to go out there and understand the current state. So I went and walked the jobs to, to, mm-hmm. to see where our progress was Started understanding the drawings and started figuring things out. And what I what came up was they didn't have a chilled water supply coming from the central plant to this building. They I mean, they were screaming and yelling, we need conditioned air by X date. And I, I like I can't give you conditioned air by that date. We do not have like there, there's not in the civil drawings. It's not anywhere. We don't have a chilled water supply to the building. Nowhere Mm -hmm. on the, it's not anywhere. Yeah. What did I get? I don't need your complaints. I just need you to get me air. Give me a date. I said, okay, I will get you air on Valentine's day just because I like you. (laughs) So fast forward, (laughs) Valentine's day, we turned on the air handler units. Yeah. And And of course they come yelling like, what the hell? Like, like I got you air yeah, but we need conditioned air. We got finishes, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, okay, I cannot do that because we have no chilled water supply to the damn building. Yeah, And of course, I was the jerk and I uh, I may have leveraged that a little bit. But had they just been open and received that I was surfacing a problem that we could have worked to plan through, we might have had conditioned air. But instead, they took it as a complaint. Mm-hmm. And so that's a critical thing. And, uh, you know, as the book goes on, Sam starts shifting his thinking, right? He becomes uh, a better listener and and starts to celebrate problems. That was the the flashback that that piece took me to, sir.
0: Yeah, here in, the, in this section now, we've got Alan is, he's not telling Sam what he's doing, but he's taking Sam through in what we know in lean thinking is the PDCA process. Mm-hmm. He's starting to help him craft. He's understood the current state. And now they're making a plan together. He's not giving him the plan. Right. He's saying you've, you've said this thing about the schedule and this complaining thing a couple times, would you be open to trying this? So that it would help you raise these up. And he's telling him that getting the, the trade partners to talk and complain is actually a good thing. You yes. didn't know that. And, and then here on the next page, we go to page uh, 16, Now that he's given him a solution to try and experiment with the trade partners, the very top of the next page, Sam blames the architect for why they're
1: behind. <laughs> it's it's not me. It
0: wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, wasn't me. Like mm-hmm. now that it uh, now that I can't blame the tradespeople. So who else is on this team? Who and and who's not in the room? Yes. You ever noticed that, Felipe? This is interesting how that happens. <laughs>
1: What, what's the problem here? Let's do the five who's. <laughs> and, and the last, the fifth who is going to be the people that we didn't invite, the people yep. that are not in the room. Is that coincidental?
0: I don't think it's coincidental. I one mean... of the One of the weird things that I bring to project teams is this idea that it's our project and we are responsible. There's no one else outside of here that's going to solve our problems. Superman is not coming. The mm. Avengers are not going to show up. Mm. Like, we got this. All we need, we put our heads together. We got this. We're responsible. We control the site. And together, we're going to make it happen. And that includes people that are supporting the site, like people from the design team, people from the owner's side. They're included in that. We got this. We. Yes. We. That is the operative word. Have you Have you met that person yet that built the whole
1: entire building and executed every scope all by themselves? Not yet. That, I, I, I hear you? a lot of people say, I did that job. I built that. Yeah. Um, can guys, can I, we
0: say I was a part of it? Can I say I'm a part?
1: I, I contributed to that. <laughs> I was involved with that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I served
1: it. on that project.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Love the served. In the next section, after Sam drops the, it's the architect's fault, <laughs> his mentor, Alan, just eats silently, and waits. It creates that space for waiting. That's a what we call a weak signal. Back to Sam that I heard you, but I'm not going to acknowledge that nonsense that just came out of your mouth. Did you and, hear you? Right? <laughs> I
1: heard you, but did you hear you?
0: <laughs> yeah, just l- let that little space be there. Sink in. And then he goes right back to blaming our favorite trait of all, infinity plumbing.
1: Damn, Tempo- hey, man, <laughs> oh you
0: know... God. Did you get triggered when he did that on this page?
1: No. I made a note
0: here to say, just get Jesse riled up on why the plumber just can't keep up. (laughs) It just says right here, plumber cannot keep up because they didn't (laughs) adequately staff their crew.
1: That may have elicited a response if I wasn't desensitized to it always being the plumber's fault. Always the plumber's fault. Right? It rained. There's water on the floor. It was the plumber. There's no way it was the rain. There's No no way it was the waterproofing. There was no way it was the roofer. It's water. It was the plumber.
0: It could have I, been the fire suppression because they're they're never on site. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ouch. That's not nice. We got to be nice. They are okay. there.
0: Eventually, we let them come.
1: <laughs> you know what I think it is? Why it's always the plumber's fault. It's like hidden envy because oh, we.
0: Yeah, yeah. It. I don't know where like, you're going with this. Where, where's this going?
1: So we get paid to play in the dirt. Mm-hmm. right and i think some people had really controlling parents that they couldn't play in the dirt we get paid <laughs> wow. to play, we get to play with fire yeah a- and and i think you know there's a lot of people in the industry that are afraid of fire and afraid of you know hurting themselves we get to play on machines and equipment we get to play
0: with lead too
1: we get to play with lead and mercury yeah. um we get to play with water right like we get to do all of those things and very few trades get to do all of that so
0: i feel for y'all out there and don't forget you get to to hang toilet accessories in some jurisdictions which some people are like you want to hang that and i could make all kinds of jokes about what Mm -hmm. kind of toilet accessories you hang but Mm -hmm. i won't go there because i know our audience is very diverse
1: agreed agreed yeah i was going to make a comment about laying pipe in all positions but We'll skip past that.
0: Darn that infinity plumbing just getting behind. Damn it. Freaking and, plums. Uh, Sam's go-to is like if they just had more people, we'd be okay. Yes. Yes. And jump jumps over that they're doing rework on the first floor. Doesn't yes. even say why. Doesn't even care why. Yeah. Just assumes that, that the plumbers decided to rework things just because.
1: Just because. Right. We were gonna go practice. So one note I put on that page, page 17. We talked about we table issues that, do- that don't involve the entire team. So now he's talking about actually having a daily huddle, yes. right? And, and the mechanics of that. And one thing that I've been able to observe over and over and, and also experience myself is it takes practice to develop the skill of tabling an issue and putting it in the parking lot. Because we're action biased people, people that work in construction. We like making things happen. We like mm-hmm. coming to the rescue with the with our cape on, right, and firefighting. Right. And many situations require that, and that's okay. But it is definitely a skill that needs to be built over time with many, many repetitions. Uh, and I think this also speaks to why the daily huddle was put at the beginning of the book. Because it's a good place to start. It's Why? Because you have very you got tons of cycles of to PDCA. Test right. it, test it, improve it, test it, test it, improve it, test it. Like every single day is an opportunity to evaluate it, improve it, and 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 deploy the improvement for the next day. For the new reader or the individual that's coming to this concept of daily huddles for the first time, make sure like it's not easy going to take practice and the hardest part for me anyways and that i've seen many uh superintendents and project managers <clears throat> battle is not chasing that rabbit down the hole like put it write it down on the board mm-hmm. have the huddle let everybody go back to work and then go chase the rabbit
0: i've not seen that done successfully well yeah like especially when it when it starts and and so here he in and i like your that's a great idea. I didn't even think about that, man. There's, I think there's 222 work days a year, give or take, yep. if you work Monday through Friday. That's 222 chances to get your daily huddle right. And I think a lot of people don't, they jump over that. They yes. don't even think about that. And then, so yeah, that's good. Like, is your huddle better every day? And if it's not, you're not doing that second thing that I said early on, like, why would I do this? Mm-hmm. Seeking perfection, continuous improvement. Right. So don't let that opportunity go, go by There's 222 chances to get better and make it better for the people there. The huddle has a very low entry. Like there's, it almost doesn't take anything to start a daily huddle. All you got to do is just agree like, Hey, right before coffee or at coffee or after coffee, depends on where you are. Coffee break is like sacred. So maybe you say like at nine 15, 10, 15, seven, seven 30, you know, pick a good time that makes sense for your crew. Yeah. There's no universal time answer, by the way, listeners, readers, watchers. There's no perfect time because it it it's dependent on the people coming there. So when you pick your good time, you were just going to stand up and they don't even start that way. Start right. it wrong. But like most people sitting down fail. It's a, they got they got to start somewhere and all you got to do is talk. So it's like really easy to start. But like Jesse said, that parking lot, when issues come up that you can't resolve and in a huddle. Just like in the daily scrum, there you go. First time I mentioned scrum, I think Jesse. No,
1: no, but you it's do okay. not,
0: you do not solve problems in the Ooh. daily huddle. In the daily huddle, the main purpose why it exists, it is there to help improve communication flow. That's why we need it, and I did not see that jump out in the book, uh, Keon and Joe. Um, maybe it's in the. We'll get to the back. We're taking this book on in, in order. You need to improve that information flow, and that's what most especially larger projects where you have more than a handful of trades you need to let that communication flow and the one of the fastest ways is like we're doing right now face-to-face communication that's it nothing's faster right and you software companies companies, keep thinking about it but nothing's faster than face-to-face and what are you saying about your commitments jesse
1: When we're talking, when we're speaking face-to-face, the magical, intimidating, scariest word I've ever been faced with, commitment happens. If we're all in the same room and I say I'm going to do something, I am much more likely to do it. Or, no, I'm not going to say much more likely. I will do what it takes to fulfill that commitment. If If I don't say it in front of people... Eh, you know i'll use some they they, they kind of touch on it right i use some soft language i'll try i'm working on it i'll give it my best
0: non-committed language i'm, yep. I'm very familiar right? with it All right <laughs> very familiar
1: well when when them them huddles are, are clicking like they need to be clicking yes i will get that done by 9 a.m tomorrow morning what does that mean that means jesse just opened his damn mouth and if we got to work late today to be done by nine o'clock tomorrow morning. That's, that's what we're going to do. So it fosters that commitment, that individual ownership, which in turn takes away this other abused concept of accountability. Mm. You don't have to hold me accountable. And Felipe, you really can't. I am accountable to me and the commitments I make. Right. You can fire me, maybe you can, maybe. you know, send an email and and complain about me, get me off the job, but that's not holding me accountable, right? Mm-hmm. I am a I am accountable to my commitments, and so having those conversations face to face, standing up about the specific goal, the project, the endeavor we are on together, establishes ownership, and through ownership, we have commitment. With right. Commitment, we have accountability.
0: And you have trust.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow. Which, down. I mean, you've
0: been you've been dancing around trust. I was waiting for you to drop the T-word on me.
1: No, <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm still getting over the commitment word.
0: <laughs> yeah. The commitment is even hello, it's one of the scrum values. Wow. There's Scrub a genius in, in Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland. Jeff asked Ken, like, you've been working with project teams forever. What makes the best teams really gel and move way beyond the traditional teams. And he said, Ken didn't even blink an eye and commitment was one of the first things out of his mouth. Mm. Commitment is critically important. And I'm thinking now, Jesse, like you talked about this and I don't know how the idea sparked, it kind of sparked between us. Like there was just a fire between us. And then we said, we should do this thing for our listeners. So people get a chance to see how do we read these books? Mm. So you're getting like pulled behind the curtain here. (laughs) <laughs> and looking into our minds, like when we read, because, you know, some people have said that this book is too simple. And ah. I tell people like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in between the lines here. You might not just have had enough experiences, or maybe this book's not for you right now. Right. But for other people with a lot of experiences, and maybe I'm just weird. And you're definitely in the, I'm weird with me, Jesse, because <laughs> okay. we're reading this book the same way. And so for the listeners out there, you got to put yourself in it, get in the story and that's what I really love about this book is that it's a story yes. about you know Sam and Alan and their experiences. And that's for me what makes really s- brings these concepts to life. Because I could give you a checklist with like eight bullet points to start a daily stand-up mm-hmm. or a huddle. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna get you there.
1: Agreed a hundred percent. You gotta go get dirty. Yes. Start where you are, start now.
0: If you're on a crew and the GC is not doing stand-up meetings, do it with your own crew. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for the GC to come and show you to do something, please. Yep. You're probably already doing it. But yep. look, are you doing it like this where your your meetings with your your people are getting better every day? If they're not, that's a little thing to just tweak. You just become aware of, oh, this can be better. We can talk about safety, productivity, and I could get to know my people better, all in the same 15 minute span of time
1: transparency moment when I I was introduced to last planner system as a trade partner and we would practice it uh, with or without the GC uh, and most of the time it was without the GC because there were very few general contractors that were using it back then mm-hmm. or, or or let me let me rephrase that not using it learning and practicing it back then but the daily huddle I don't I really don't know why I missed that we never did it. I never taught it. I never practiced it. And now experiencing the
0: the value that it can bring. I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, I for for did. those uh, last planner nerds out there, the daily huddle shows up in conversation number four.
1: <laughs> the what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that part.
0: <laughs> it's not, it doesn't jump out at you in the five conversations, but it's right. in the did conversation. You got to, you take that moment to look back and then perfect transition here, Jesse, to the script, you know, back to the book, we've got the, the daily huddle script example. Now, people do not become a daily huddle lean builder cult and think that these are the only three questions that you can ask. This is standard a daily huddle. Standards <laughs> do not violate. Yeah. These are good first questions, but again, honor the team. Honor you, I can't say enough, like the people coming to your group that are on your crew that are at your huddle, they're going to have ideas for how this can go start somewhere. So you have a standard. I mean, if you're going to start with, start with the script, it's okay. First question I got here and Jesse told me which one of these three you really love. They're going to go around the room and every foreman is going to tell people three things. Here's the standard script. And I'll just, let me just tell you what it really is. So even without looking at the book, because you know Scrum Master's got a scrum. You're looking back in time mm-hmm. to the past. So the first question has to be a past question, or should be, don't have to be. Let mm-hmm. me let me put my gloves on. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Looking back to the past, looking to the present, looking to the future. Mm-hmm. So your three questions are around that. Those three questions are as old as human beings have been on Earth with language. Mm-hmm. I found those like those those stand-up questions go all the way back. As far as I found it so far as 6,000 years ago, Damn. but I'll keep looking to see if it goes further back. But those are old questions that really work. There's a reason why we keep asking these three questions for 6,000 right. years and counting yep. and probably older. But the first question that he asks here, Sam says, he's asking people to answer, where, you, where were you working? Where are you working today? And how many people on your crew and what constraints are in your way? So constraints in your way is the forward facing to the future. So for something to be in your way, that means future upcoming work or preventing you from starting now, getting off of the present. Where are you? Tells me where you've been. And then what you're working on now tells me what you're committing to because we want to get Jesse to commit to everything. No! He's got that high responsibility, I can tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then going forward, you know what could block you from achieving your goal? Classic huddle questions. Which one do you love, Jesse? My
1: favorite one is the constraint question, right? What is, what is blocking you? And, you know, it took me a while to, to, for my understanding of constraint to, to develop to where it is now, because before I looked at it as a binary situation, it was either going to keep me from completing or not. Uh, My understanding now is it's not keeping me. It's more intense than that. It's anything that would cause me to deviate from my original plan, meaning I may still be able to finish, but it's going to take me longer. I may be able to finish, but I'm not going to start when I wanted to. That's a constraint. Anything that is going to or impact the plan is a constraint. And it's my favorite question because now uh, when I share that with the group, we can all attack it together. Right. I mean, I've seen some beautiful situations where a trade partner will bring up a situation like, man, I know I need to do that. But my PM called the forklift off yesterday and and we're going to have to manhandle that up the stairwell. So it's going to be later today. And then the other the brick mason says, hey, bro, I got you, man. Meet me after lunch. Let's hook up and I'll fly that stuff up there for you. Like Mm -hmm. when that kind of thing happens, it's like, oh. I'm yeah, so happy. It's like, <laughs> like it's awesome. Like it's yeah. beautiful. Like we're a team. All of a sudden, yeah. uh, and so that that that's that's my favorite question. Right? Where were where was I? What am I working on? That's good because that's where my brain is always. But what do I really need help with? Man, I need some help with them damn constraints. Right. And I've heard this question so many times. How do you get trade partner buy in? You ever heard that question? All
0: today? the time. And I, and I tell people like, I don't want to be a, a jackass, yep. but I don't have that problem. Right. I was like, I've never had, the, and I wrote it, it comes up, I think it comes up in the next chapter ah. that we're not going to get to today. Cause this is no, just been too much fun. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, that, how do you get people to buy in? It's exactly how Alan got Sam to buy into this experiment. Yes. He offered help. Yes. That's how yes. you get buy-in. So yes. if. And I wrote later, too, there's a part where someone's coming at this very skeptical. I think it's Roberto. Roberto's is, is acting Acting as the role of the skeptic for the trade crews is yeah. Roberto, yeah. the electrician that I already told you I love him. Yeah. I love yeah. skeptics. I love people that resist change more than people that just say, yeah, let's just do whatever Felipe says. No, resist. Try, Try to resist me, Jesse. Resistance is futile. But I like that idea. You know, constraints are good to have. We already, when you're coming to a site, you already have a constraint set up. You've got a, when you got there, all yep. the things that set when you got there. And then you have like your company has a goal for you to get out of there. At some point, the project's got to be over. So you at least have two giant ones yep. you have. And those are like, I look at constraints like boundary conditions. And sometimes I set constraints on purpose on myself to grow. Like I'll make something harder on purpose so I can just see like can I overcome these conditions or not? But yeah. don't do that to your tradespeople. Don't do that on projects. the right. work hard enough.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, but, you know I've heard you talk on one of your one of your episodes. It was with one of the Scrum and Agile practitioners how constraints unlock creativity and and on projects that I've seen that have like a postage stamp footprint where there's no laydown area, there's no storage. Man, those projects do a pretty good job of of supply chain management and just-in-time yeah. delivery. The projects that got acres and acres, they got all kinds of garbage and it's the same team. It's not a judgment, that's a confession. For me, it, the mo- the fewer the constraints, the more relaxed I am. Mm-hmm. The more constraints, the more creative and intentional I am about approaching
0: things. Yeah, if you're on a giant Greenfield site, it's almost impossible to convince the team to do just-in-time <laughs> delivery. <laughs> yes. Even though it's going to cost you, you're going to blow every single code you have, no matter what trade you are. Yes. You think you have all the area in the world to do it. Constraints are really good to have. And I, I want to give a shout-out to another book that's also told in the way of a story, Jesse. I don't know if you read it. It's called The Goal. Oh, yes. By gold Goldrat.
1: Yes.
0: And that book, until I read The Goal, which is a fictitional book about a factory manager, yep. I never understood how to actually use constraints to my benefit. And that's even a phrase I told my son, like, I'll give some free parenting advice right here for a second. You didn't ask for it, but here it is. I told my son, understand what system you're in. Mm-hmm. And the system is inputs, processes, and outputs, and feedback loops. Mm-hmm. Try to understand that and then make the system subservient to your needs and wants take advantage whatever system you're in take advantage of it and make it yes. work for you yes and the same it. with constraints exploit this thank you jesse that's the word i was spacing on i'll take another swig of my black coffee Get
1: that. Take exploit
0: it. Take. the system that's what we learn in theory of constraints yes allow you goldratt taught people through a story the five steps to maximize constraints and exploit them for your benefit of creating flow and
1: 4 And so back to how do you get trade partner buy-in? This is my
0: answer. And oh, you got an answer. Jesse, how do you get trade partner buy-in?
1: Oh, thank you for asking, Felipe. It's two things. Remove constraints and make sure your team is fully bought in first.
0: Mm,
1: right? Because I, I get that question from general contractor teams. How do we get buy-in? How do we get buy-in? Number one, first thing, and you—you'll have significant success if all you do is eliminate constraints. Because when you eliminate constraints, what do we achieve?
0: Flow. You flow. Yeah, you enable the work to flow. Right. It's beautiful, but I, I'm going to disagree with you, Jesse. And it's about it? time we disagree. Yes, come on. I don't need the entire team to be to believe in something for it to work. Agreed. Uh, eventually, they can definitely. You can definitely have actors in your project that sabotage you, hundred yes. percent. And yeah. you, you got to deal with that with open eyes Yes, and and just be mindful of what it is. But if you talk to people, and that's why I love the skeptics, love you skeptics, all you people hating on a book, a storybook to tell you about Lean, welcome. Yeah you're listening to the show we already got you we got you
1: yeah you don't even know <laughs> you
0: listen God. this far we already you got God. you God. you already Fish I know on, you,
1: baby.
0: i'm God. gonna check your uh, amazon cart and i know you already ordered the lean builder yes. and yes. jesse and i get no money from joe and keon just fyi no. No. we're just doing this for fun because this is just too much fun yeah but i would say like you don't need everybody but you need the influencer
1: absolutely
0: and every project team every general contractor everybody is not the influencer And even within the trade, everybody in that trade is not the influencer, but every trade, every general contractor has one. So find out who that person is and work with them so they can understand, like, do we even need last planner? Does the, does the client care about getting this building on time? Sometimes they don't. (laughs) I know it's hard to believe Jesse, but sometimes they have other things that are more important than getting it done and they'll happily pay you. To take longer. So I've been on one of those, and it blew my mind
1: because I it's did weird, not understand.
0: Yeah, like, what do you mean,
1: eight more months? <laughs> they're <laughs> so what, weird? What I know. What are you from? But they um,
0: exist because I have so many people, especially you know people in project controls, which is an oxymoron, and, <laughs> and the scheduling, and they'll tell you like, schedule is the most important thing, and I was like, it's almost not. It's almost never the most important thing, and for, for me, for the most important thing, is. yeah, for litigation, absolutely. And that's the first thing that any decent forensic scheduler, Jesse, that's a thing. Look that up. You you too, boys and girls listening to the show, if you're wondering, how can I join the construction industry? You can join as a forensic scheduler. It's a career path that exists. And all you do is you help lawyers and juries understand why the general contractor schedule is no good, which is not that hard to do. And so back to
1: the disagreement, Felipe. So I'm going to come back at you.
0: I love you schedulers. Don't hate. (laughs)
1: yeah no they're very helpful for sure yeah as uh again showing you my true colors when i was on a project and the gc was trying to practice last planner system and i knew there was dissension amongst the gc team Mm -hmm. can
0: you guess what i did you added to the dissent i added to the dissent and you probably did that because you had not been respected
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I got plenty of excuses, but the fact is, <laughs> I knew they weren't all buying in, and they the the GC team specifically, the same organization. Yeah. Right. I knew that a few people weren't down with with what was being cooked, and so I exploited that, uh, and that's why I say, get your house in order first before yeah, you start. Yeah, I agree with work.
0: that. I agree with that. I just agree that it doesn't have to be the whole house. I Agreed. got. Over my shoulder, there's uh, some cabinets, and if you open it up, you'd be horrified what you'd see in it. It's a mess. Uh oh. But when you look at, you know, just looking at what's in the visible field of view, it's gorgeous. Yes. Right. Even okay. I have a junk drawer. I'm just saying. I'm not. Oh, perfect.
1: oh. We call them, we call them cajon. We have.
0: Oh, yo, cajon. cajon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Where's the where are the orquillas? Where are the clothespins? The cajon? Where's the yeah. remote? The cajon? <laughs> where are the scissors at? The cajon? <laughs> <laughs> everything's in there <laughs> yeah,
0: it's magic
1: you know you mentioned the goal and i have to admit like my lean builder book is not yeah. it's you can tell it's hardly read i'm an audible oh
0: on, me too man
1: an audio learner so the goal i listen to on audible mm-hmm. and it's like it's awesome but the lean builder is also available on audible right. so if you don't want to buy the book and take notes there is an audio version digest it, take it in.
0: I listened to it on Audible first and then I I ripped, I got this book out and marked it up and and did all these sticky notes on it because you and I were going to have this call. But otherwise I was fine with it just being on Audible. And then the other thing, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the Lean Builder has a really good blog that complements the book. And we'll put uh, in the show notes, we'll put a link to at least one good example of the huddle from the Lean Builder blog. Mm, i like it special i I, I shamelessly might have written something for the lean builder blog at least once
1: (laughs) it may have been about daily huddles
0: (laughs) i don't think it was about daily huddles Ah,
1: i don't think we have enough time to go into chapter two today what
0: do you think i don't think so either but we didn't finish chapter we didn't finish this chapter yet i got a couple more things you got you got something to run to or can i just hold you can i hold you for a little bit more let's go come on So one of the things that we talked about getting that buy-in idea, I wrote here on page 19, Mm -hmm. asking for help from the GC, from, from Sam, the GC superintendent to the tradespeople. Alan showed him by, by modeling it. He used the Bobby who Alan had a relationship with some prior jobs and just to show Sam, because Sam was like, Sam was like, there's no way this huddle is going to work. Alan's like, oh, Bobby just was coming in as they were finishing yet another round of burritos. I think they've eaten like seven times in this one chapter. Yep. <laughs> he he models what a huddle could look like with Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's running framing, and uh, he asks for help, and Bobby responds, yeah, I'll help you. And he answers his questions, and they try it. And Sam sees how it works, and he's just like, whoa. Like, Alan sees, like, it's starting to happen. Sam's starting to turn his thinking Bobby surfaces a problem and they go through that dialogue like you said constraints are good to have and they work through that now they're outside of what a daily huddle is but now they're solving that problem but he's yeah. not ignoring what Bobby said he's not telling him more people it's your fault or give me a solution and they actually come together and then that takes us to you know there's a beautiful picture i'll just show my book Three of them all together. Yep, Look yep. how close they are. That's before COVID for sure.
1: Pre-COVID, no mask.
0: Yep, No mask, open drink. Why is Bobby so fat? He did say he liked to eat a lot. Yeah, he likes the food. No judgment, Bobby. I still got baby fat myself. <laughs> 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 that takes us to the... Now we're almost to the end of the chapter.
1: Well, and there's another thing there, right? You touched on it. This book will serve coaches as well as learners. Right, but you just got to right. have that keen eye. Then you keep pointing it out, Felipe. Alan says, finds him, he presents an idea, right? Yes. After listening to Sam, hearing Sam's, getting a deeper understanding of what Sam's experience is, and figures out like, oh, you want to do something about it. You're not just complaining. Mm-hmm. What do you think about trying X? Yeah, okay, I'll try it. Asking for permission. And then finds a, a venue to test the concept that just got introduced. As a coach, like that's happening. In, it's not written out that way in the book, but that's right. happening. In, in all them continuous improvement coaches, lean coaches, whatever, that style is powerful. You know, as we go through the book, Alan does a fantastic job of coaching in a very respectful,
0: humble, and meaningful manner. You nailed it, man. So coaches out there listening, the worst kind of help you can give is unsolicited help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just want to complain and vent, and there's yes. a, there's definitely a time for that. But if you're a coach, you want to minimize that because there's only so many hours in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was really good. I think the, the next thing on page 21 that I just wanted to flag, as they started to try, as they were going to try the daily huddle for the first time, one of the things that that they highlight Sam doing with the crew is he sets the expectations. And this is where I absolutely love Mm -hmm. constraints because they, they set the boundary conditions. Like I said before, and when you set the new expectation, now everyone knows what success looks like. You've heard me say this in my, in my trainings, Jesse, let me show you what success looks like. Yes. So you can see it. And now, and then I say, I check, I look, Did Jesse, was he on his phone just now? Or is he paying attention? And I'm just checking to make sure that we're communication is effective. Right. And then once you know what success looks like, then let's demonstrate that success. Yeah. And then let's encourage more of that success. Yeah. Because we, as the leader, we're at least a half a step ahead. At least. At Mm -hmm. least a half a step. Sometimes more. Come with us to this new land where it's actually fun to come to work every day. They go into the constraint board, which you can talk about if you want.
1: I'm thinking of it as a parking lot because okay. it helps me understand it practice it better right it's it's a board capture the issue let's move on the purpose of this group being together for this period of time is the agenda of the huddle mm-hmm. things that are outside of that agenda go on the board you want to call them constraints you want to call them action items you want to call it a parking lot
0: a scrum board
1: a scrum board, right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Let's be respectful of everybody's time. Let's meet our
0: objective and we'll go back to the board. Uh, absolutely love that frame of thinking. I, I think, uh, you know, you're first starting out and you've got a lot of, when you're first starting and the first time, especially if you're some, some people like to call them issues lists or problem maps, I've heard as well, but that can get to just be all over the place. Yes. And there, there's a value in having it in one place where everyone can see and one place where people can just add to it. And we can just, we can kind of handle it through that flow right there. But but yep. the main thing is, and you see pictures on the Lean Builder site, they are pictures of Joe standing in front of a constraint board. What I notice in the picture is that he's not there by himself. Right. There are a bunch of people all around and they're just using it as an excuse to talk to each other. Just like in the last planner system, the power in the sticky note, the post-it note, Shout out to 3M. Doesn't sponsor my (laughs) podcast yet, but I I love you, 3M. (laughs) The super sticky gives us a way to communicate with each other. And that's a good thing in a constraint board.
1: Again, the source code, right? The hidden formula within it all is when we get these problems out in front of us, we're not talking at each other, which can give the feeling that you're the problem and you're the problem. Mm -hmm. When we're both facing the board, we're looking at the problem objectively now.
0: Oh man, dude, that is some—that is some. Like you just—you just pulled the freaking thing out of the back of my neck. I just came out of the matrix, Jesse.
1: (laughs) You like that?
0: (laughs) You're gonna have to plug me back in after this.
1: (laughs) That's what it is. It's now boom. We're both looking at this situation together. The problem is on the board. The problem is not on my face. It's not coming out of my mouth. it's something that we're going to get together
0: super deep i did not think about that watch out it's gonna have to get a it's gonna have to get a bell and i'm like you know shout out to all the lean angels out there every time we hit that bell another lean angel gets its wings
1: (laughs) i like (laughs) it the other thing and i've never seen it done but they talk about elmo oh this guy yes oh you got one Tell us about the Elmo, man.
0: You've never there. seen the Elmo. okay? So I've,
1: the f- I've never seen it in practice. I've heard about it.
0: So Elmo is a Sesame Street character that for copyright reasons, but we can say whatever we want on our shows. Jesse. Sure. <laughs> but for copyright reasons, they don't want to pay Sesame Street any cash. Yep. So they call it a teddy bear. But it's, it's a character from Sesame Street. And Elmo is an acronym as well. People have co-opted. It's very popular in integrated project delivery teams. We tend to see these in IPD teams all over the country, worldwide. And mm. they're actually hard to get. Mm. I had to wait a month to get this fat Elmo. You can see my Elmo now. So mm-hmm. again, child's character from Sesame Street and the acronym ELMO, E-L-M-O, stands for enough, let's move on. Mm. People are grandstanding. Jesse wishes he had a digital Elmo to throw me. When I get on my soapbox, and there's pictures of me on a soapbox at Congress <laughs> that that keeps circulating on the internet. Every time someone says, like, we want to use a photo of you for this article or this post, they always grab the freaking me standing on a chair picture. Oh. Shout nice. out to Craig Story, my buddy at Kaiser Permanente that took that picture of me from the and that was an advanced last planner system workshop, Jesse. By the way, where I was yes. I even said I'm gonna get on the soapbox and I stood up over 90 people and I did not get L mode but the elmo, you throw it at people and it's soft, so it can't hurt you. That's the theory. Can't right, hurt you. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then you have to end your point and move on. You park it in the parking lot where you were saying it gets captured, and then you can move forward.
1: I think maybe next time when, when we get to chapter two, we bring Renee on, and his job is to elmo us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'll be the <laughs> Renee Elmo. I was yes. going to say, we'll bring back your guest, Alexander. I'm sure he can have a—he'll come oh, up with man. something for what renee stands for.
1: That guy—he cheated. You weren't supposed to ask those kinds of questions. See, you man, I
0: listen to seen. your show.
1: I love I, that show. Uh, we're having a lot of fun doing that one.
0: To close it down at the end, they talk about a positive thing happening with an RFI. That's a novel concept. Instead of blaming the design team, when when someone from the the crews raises an issue. Can we get on the phone and call the architect? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they resolved it instantly. Like the design team is designing. They don't know what state your job is in unless they're coming to visit it. So it's up to us on the project, be responsible, let the information flow, let them know what, how the job's progressing and what we need from them. Like we uh, sending an email is not, doesn't get it done. No. And sending even an RFI log with priorities doesn't get it done. No. Make the connection, talk to the human being, get the information, move forward. Make it happen. That kind of brings this chapter to an end. It ends in a bar, which is kind of nice. I kind of like that. Yeah. Like kind of celebratory. There's a nice little picture of the two guys. Reflecting, right? A little, a... yes, reflecting. Yeah. And they had a little victory. You know, celebrate the win. You celebrate the wins, baby. If you like coffee, celebrate it at a coffee shop. You know
1: there's this brewery here in San Antonio. I don't drink anymore, but they have in winter time they have an horchata flavored beer. Oh wow. Never oh. never even
0: thought that could exist. Dude,
1: so good. It's been almost 5 years, but when you said coffee beer, I
0: thought of horchata. Horchata, yeah, obviously. I got to tell you there's like we went to visit the pyramids in Mexico once with my family. Yep. And my wife and I are like really big coffee drinkers. And we're like the only ones. It's ah. so like coffee is not drunk like it is, you know, anywhere else outside of a construction trailer. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yep. Dale was trying to convince me that this like cinnamon flavored tea had caffeine in it. I forget what do they call it? You know what that cinnamon tea is? What do they call it?
1: Uh, canela. It's like made,
0: canela. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was trying to tell us, he's like, this, this, this canela here in this cup has caffeine. It'll take your headache away, mijo. Mm-hmm. i was like you're lying to me dad i know you're lying we're gonna <laughs> pretend it has caffeine because this headache is starting to rage cool. yeah jesse let's put a bow in it because our listeners probably want to realize that this chapter is worth reading Like, yes it is
1: and we probably need to say that you're gonna be able to read the chapter much faster than listening to us
0: <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> yeah. not that long
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah i feel like i think i read the chapter last night in like 12 minutes I'm looking at the timestamp here, and what are we? We're approaching two hours. Yeah, we're past the two hours. two hours. We took 12 minutes, and we stretched it out to two hours. So, what's the next
1: chapter? What do what what? Yeah, the hours? next
0: chapter is visual communication.
1: Mm. And we're not yeah. talking about hand signs. No middle fingers.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about Kanban or Scrum, though. It would have been great to come into there.
1: <laughs> I, I I bet.
0: I'll, I'll see if I can work it in every you'll time. You'll be able to
1: work that in.
0: That'll be the next chapter. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. So I think now, Jesse, we know that we did our experiment. Yes. You and I can only handle one chapter at a time.
1: Yes. So. <laughs> we we plan to do two. Uh, yeah. So we're going to throttle it back and we'll focus on one next time.
0: Jesse, we've got to thank our listeners. And I think you do a way better job of thanking the listeners. So let me let you thank the listeners for both of us.
1: Well, listeners, viewers. We recognize that your time is leveraged, and there's a million things going on in your life that you could be focusing on, and you've chosen to give us your time. And we are appreciative of that. Your feedback, your observations, your critiques are welcomed and pleaded for. We want to make sure that we're responsible with your time, and and we can be more responsible with it when you tell us exactly what it is you'd like for us to do. If you want to hear some country music on the background, you want to hear some Tejano, um, whatever, give us your feedback. We'll definitely take it into consideration. But thank you for for being gracious with your time.
0: And then if you want to get where to put those comments and feedback for me, these are all the places you can get me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or at the EBFC Show.com with the app you can make comments. But I'll tell you like I'm most responsive to LinkedIn. Mhm. That's the best place to to holler at me on LinkedIn and I pretty much accept anybody that comes with a question. So, oh yeah. <laughs> come with an open mind and let's get let's keep the conversation going.
1: LinkedIn is my preferred platform. I have not set up a Twitter yet. I've got it on the board to start right after March 22nd cuz that is the 6 month milestone of the Learnings and Missteps podcast. Yeah. Oh, what's up? Baby? so linkedin got the instagram account got the facebook account got the youtube account i'm learning all kinds of stuff with all this damn social media it's awesome to be able to interact with with the people uh so hit us up again like like felipe said send us a comment give us a like follow all of those things that we're supposed to do or that would
0: benefit us right like it, it encourages us to do more of this it so is like so, this we need some little encouragement yeah, just a yeah. little because i will just and i can tell you that no one in our family gives a
1: damn yes <laughs> well my brothers do
0: yeah I, your I, brothers do yeah do your brothers outside of jesse's yeah. brothers oh. everybody else is like so what
1: <laughs> oh okay wow uh do you still get excited When you get a new request, like connection request or friend or like or comment,
0: of course I do. It's like, it's bad. I got got a good one. I should, I should give a shout out to uh, I got a shout. I gotta give a shout out to Brent. So Brent is in, I think he's in Maryland. He sent me a note on LinkedIn last night and said, long time fan of the show. I'm like, long time fan. This show's only been around since July of last year. I was like, Brent, you've been with me since show one, man. Thank you, Brent. And he, he gave me some love and, and some feedback on the show that uh, he's got his whole team. He's on an IPD team uh-huh. they are now inspired to start using Scrum in the design phase. Ooh. And I was like, look at that, Jesse. Twice I'm bringing Scrum up in the last three minutes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Shout out to Brent. Give me that love on LinkedIn. Thank you, Brent. And he actually works for an owner. He's a, working in an owner's group. All right. So love, love the owners getting inspired with bringing some of these fun things to life on their jobs. All you got to, if you're an owner, just ask them to do it, and yeah. they'll do it. it doesn't even they'll matter to the contract. Let's just yep. do it. They'll do they'll it. just do it for sure. And if it makes things better, definitely you should do it. Help
1: everybody out. We can end the projects as friends. You can leave a project with more friends. Um, exactly.
0: You got a lot of friends, man. When I met Jesse, just before, I'm just going to embarrass him for a second. We had this big, giant room. This was before COVID. We're doing the scrum training, and Jesse's sitting. And I noticed that anywhere Jesse sat, there were people surrounding him. He had like this entourage of people sitting with him. And I was telling the other, our friend Brian Winningham, I was like, Brian, does this always like happen with where you take Jesse? And he just started laughing. He's like, he's a really friendly guy. You had like all these people around you. Like he sat in the second row and then he had all these people in his row and then he went to the third row after the break and then everyone was back there. Wherever you went, man, people followed you, Jesse. So I've been paying attention the whole time, man. Thank you.
1: I now use my powers for good.
0: (laughs) I thought you just use your powers to get under Renee's skin, which I love. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I still use that Man, you are one dedicated listener sticking with us all the way through to the very, very end. Please know that this podcast dies without you, and we invite you to share how the episode is impacting you, along with your thoughts, questions, and suggestions. You've been gracious with your time, so we added social media links in the show notes to make it super easy for you to connect with us. Be kind to yourself. Stay cool. Stay cool. And we'll talk at you next time.